It's time again for another episode of Scaring is Sharing. It's a podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. Hello. Hello. That sounds so professional now when you do it. Oh, my God. I love it. You know what I love? Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk, the person who is my co-host. And I love Brandy Joe, the Flame and Scream Queen, Plambeck, my co-host as well <laughs> co-host always sounds so weird when i'm trying to like talk to someone about you and to say oh my co-host this i'm like i want another word for it i know right i mean it is that i mean you are just my friend i could just say my friend but then it doesn't bring in the podcast you know it just mm-hmm. there's there's just there's gotta be something else out there my pod husband my pod pal <laughs> that's like yeah pod pal there you go my it pod sounds kind of like pot pal like you know we yeah. smoke dubes together which my we pod... would have back in the day oh surely oh surely we would have we my, really uh, would have my podcast <laughs> partner <laughs> i don't know co-host is like really uh, the only word there is huh yeah it really is until we find another one and we're so glad to be here with you. If you have not listened to us before, or if you have, you've heard me say this a hundred times, we talk about scary movies and news and things like that. And then we typically assign the other person a movie they've not seen before and we watch it. Sometimes we both watch a movie that neither one of us have ever seen before. So yeah, we yeah. switch it up. We do switch it up. Uh, but Jeremy, do you know what I'm absolutely most excited? Because it's been like, it feels like forever since we recorded, even though it's been literally a week, but we normally yeah. see each other more a couple often times, than yeah. this. Uh, but do you know what I'm most excited about that I've heard about this week? What? Cocaine bear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what made me even more excited than the description? Carrie Russell is in it. And I fucking love oh, her. Carrie Russell's in it? Okay. And I think Jesse Plemons, too. And I fucking love him, too. Yeah, I know that. Uh, and it's directed by, uh, 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 what's her name? Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> That's it. There you go. I could I see thought her she face. Just produced I, it, but did she direct it? I think she's the director as well. Okay. Okay. I, and I've been following. I, I like that. It's like the rest of the world's been catching up to this movie. Like, I had heard about this movie uh, because apparently it was on the blacklist. The script was on the blacklist for a long time. And uh, being a, you know, Hollywood movie nerd, I uh, every so often read up on like, so what's floating around out there unproduced? Like what original spec scripts are out there that they just haven't touched yet? And this was one of them. So it's finally well, happening. This is not going to be the last time we talk about the blacklist today. Cool. But that is so. So if you haven't heard about it, Cocaine Bear is about like there was this drug smuggler who he jumped out of a plane or something and he died and all of his cocaine, like a whole duffel of his cocaine got eaten by a bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the bear went like fucking crazy. I don't know what happens in the bear. I, I don't know if the movies would be more horror or if it's going to be just a realistic sort of thing. Because I don't think the bear like killed people, did it? No, I don't think it did. I think the bear just got like really high and then died. Is what I what I had heard in the real life story because it it OD'd. So oh my god, poor thing. Yep, but uh, this story I think is going to be from what it sounds like. It's something more akin to like Cujo, where the bear is on like a maniac rampage. So 
It sounds amazing. And then just to hear the people behind it, I'm like, fuck mm-hmm. yes. That sounds so exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm down for it. Oh, beyond fucking exciting. So the holidays are around the corner, Jeremy. And do mm-hmm. you know what is I saw A24 is selling that looks like so much fun? What's that? A hereditary gingerbread treehouse. Oh, cool. <laughs> and it looks just like it. It's so cute. It comes with like these four little like tree trunk thing, or like more like like almost a bit of a tree. And then mm-hmm. you like make the little thing up on top. And I think it even comes, well, they show a picture and it has like little gingerbread like headless people like bowing down in it. <laughs> but I don't think in the kit that they show that doesn't actually come with it. So that's awesome. But it is so fucking cute. So I've never made a gingerbread house. Have you? Uh, I just witnessed one getting made over (laughs) the holiday weekend with my nephew. But um, we did them in school. They're not my jam. I'll say that much. I mean, I like seeing what people do with them. Mm -hmm. When I think about them, I think about the icing. And then I seem to remember like growing up that we would have these like gingerbread like cookies. Like there would be like icing in between the gingerbread cookies. Not mm-hmm. the you know, like like a honey grams or whatever. Like the yeah. those are that's that's the same thing, right? Yeah. That's like what they're made out of. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I would have these like cookies with like this frosting in between. Oh my God. That makes me so hungry thinking about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, uh, building gingerbread houses. It's the same thing with Legos. Like growing up, I liked the concept. Uh, I just am not the intellect or personality. That's like, I can, I can sit here and build this. I get too bored and distracted. Uh, so yeah, the building things, that kind of craft stuff was never something I excelled at. So yeah, I don't I don't care about that so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh Jeremy, we have some teragrams this week. We each mm-hmm. have one. Should we dive into those? I think so. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do you want to read yours first? Yeah, from Fiend of the Podcast, Brett. Yeah. Uh, and Brett says, Well, first off, the subject line is real life horror movie. Yes. And Brett says, Hey guys. Hope you both had a great weekend. I happen to have a very strange occurrence that I think you both will love because it was straight out of a horror film and I will tell it as such. Here we go. Act one, a little backstory. My wife is a member of SAG and she has hundreds and I mean hundreds of SAG screener DVDs that have accumulated from her uh, years of acting. Only problem with screeners is that you have to destroy them after you use them, because if they find it with your code on it, you can be kicked out for distributing copyrighted material. Side note, I always wondered about that. Like, how do they keep track of screener? You know, so that would make sense that they distribute them with, you know, an identifier attached to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So instead of trashing them, she decided to make art by making a beautiful mosaic table from the broken shards. Well, as we were going through the hundreds of DVD screeners, there was one DVD that fell out that was not a screener. It was a homemade DVD with a drawing of a skeleton and some weird symbols next to it, having no idea how it got there, who put it in, or even how long it it had been there. I decided like any good Necronomicon, I had to watch it. (laughs) Act two. Ever since I got back from New Orleans this past Halloween and having been in a voodoo ceremony, I've been living for the supernatural movies. So like an eager schoolboy, I jovially put it in. 
First, the title screen, something that looked like a fifth grader's nightmare with cheesy, bloody font that says, death to all ye who enter. My eyes widen with excitement. What the fuck am I about to watch? I click play. It starts with what looks like footage from a Super 8 camera. It shows images of streets and street signs, places in a city. It is accompanied by just strange noises that seem out of place. It felt like I was waiting for someone to talk, but it never came. Just bizarre sounds. I pay closer attention to the street signs. They seem very familiar. Then I see the street I used to live on in Echo Park. First eerie moment. I brush it off thinking it's LA and that's a popular area. Next scene comes on. It's of New Orleans, Jackson Square, the same place I did the strange voodoo ceremony with a crowd of people. Uh, The sounds are now droning and I feel a headache coming on. That's when my wife comes in and silently watches it. Next scene comes on, this time in a forest. Forest that looked oddly familiar from my childhood. At this point, the sound alone is blaring in my head. My wife has seen enough and leaves. I pause it and has been playing for 10 minutes, but it only felt like a few seconds. Act three. Something in me told me to just stop watching. So I listened to it. In my head, I just chalked it up to some strange PA, uh, put their weird short film into a screener. But on the other hand, dot, dot, dot. That's where you guys come in. I'll let you guys pick up where I left off and finish the horror movie. Just don't forget to set a reminder for seven days after you watch it. (laughs) And he attached a picture of the DVD, which looks pretty freaky. So wait, is this just like uh, one of those, hey, I'm starting the story and then I'm passing it to you and you keep going? Yeah, that's what I want to know, Brett. It didn't for real happen, or did you hook us with a good story? But because <laughs> the picture of the DVD, I'm looking at it right now, like looks pretty authentic, and he's it does like, real life horror movie. Okay, yeah. So I want to, I want to imagine this is for real. Um, so I have a couple ideas. What taking this totally for what it is at face value? If it actually happened, you got a stalker, some crazy Ooh, that's hot. PA. I mean, he is like, really cute, some crazy PA following him and <laughs> you know, filming locations he's been to and slipped that in there, slipped it in. Oh, yeah, or going the more weirdo route, which of course is you know, where I like to live. Um. After I read it the first time through, I was like, huh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, like paranormal podcasts uh, and then specifically uh, stuff about magic with a K, like magic ritual and use of ritual and practice and trying to contact, you know, higher beings. The idea that there are spirits, angels, extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them, but things not on the same plane of existence as as us. And the idea is that you can use ritual to reach out to these things and try to make contact. Uh, So that's what I'm thinking is you did that voodoo ritual in New Orleans. Did you reach out to something and it's trying to reach back and let you know that, oh, I heard you. Here's this little thing, this mystery item I've somehow left for you. Uh, I'm watching you, Brad. I heard I heard you. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the whole, I'll let you guys pick up where I left off and finish the horror movie. It makes me mm-hmm. think it's like, here's just like the start of a story. Now you finish it. And I'm not good at that game, okay? I'm creative type, but like, I'm not. Not, that. not like that. <laughs> but then sending the picture of the DVD makes me think it's real. And like, if it was real, why didn't he just send it to us or, co- you know, have his wife copy it and get it to us? Because I would like to watch it. And then I can make my own decisions, okay? Yeah, hell yeah. 
Oh but God. that's where I'm at. I'm saying you contacted, you did a voodoo ritual and you somehow made contact with some sort of eldritch being beyond our knowledge. And oh it's, watch, it's watching and trying to let you know. Speaking of Brett, I met the lead of his short film. We did a reading of a play together not too long ago, Peter. Oh, I know. And I was like, I've seen your movie Conduit. Yeah. I'd already hit up Peter, like, because I didn't know him. And I was just like, oh my God, I saw your movie. It was great. And um, yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> cool. It was cool to, yeah, being a little play with him. And Brett, we yeah. talked about you. And yeah, it was a good time. Cool. Uh, but yeah, that's fun, Brett. But I'm so curious. Yeah. So curious. I want it to be real. I know. There's some, I watched a TikTok video that front of the podcast Chris sent over where this guy's like, I found this. It's just taking me right to that. He's like, I, I found this um, VHS at like a, you know, a Salvation Army or whatever, Goodwill. And like, you know, I had to buy it and see what was on it. And of course, it's just the ring short film, you know, like the all the stuff you see in the ring. And he's like, I guess I don't know what that is. And like at the end of the video, like the phone rings. Yeah. I'm just like, dumb. I mean, like cute, but fun. But like so many people in the comments are like, oh my God, don't answer the phone. Oh my God, it's the ring. Oh my God. Like like everyone's just like freaking out. I'm like, you guys know it's like. Yeah, you know, it's fake, right? He did that for fun to mess with you guys. He made a parody video. So yeah. Although this does make me think of a real life uh, strange occurrence I had. Many years ago, where I was uh, driving around. So I was, I think I was in college and like home for a summer or something like that. But this was the era, mind you, I had a flip phone, you know, my parents, my parents still had the, you know, on on our home phone landline was a, you know, a message machine with like the tape recorder in it. One of those still. So it was still years enough of a few years back. So those were still things, but I was driving around, uh, uh, listening to the radio or whatever. I can't remember specifically what song you think I would, but I just know I was listening to my radio driving around and then I went home. Uh, nobody else was home to my parents' house. It was just me. I went in, the message machine was beeping beep, beep, saying there was a message. So I hit play and it was just like, garbled and staticky like uh someone too far away uh from the uh receiver and i was like huh what what is that um and i uh i rewound it and kept listening and had to like turn up the volume and get really close to it and it was the song i was listening to on the radio while i was driving before that and myself like singing along to it um weird yeah weird so and I swear to God, I did not have like a missed dial because I looked at my phone. I was like, did I butt dial somehow with my flip phone? But it was still closed and I didn't have a missed like a call, you know, an outgoing call to the house phone. Weird. Uh... Yeah. Swear to God. One of the weirdest things unexplainable to me. So who freaking knows? So this reminds me of a story and it's a little bit different, but it just spawned in my head. And if I don't say it, I'll probably forget it. So my my dad and my mom do not remember this, but I do. And I swear to God, this happened. When I was a kid, I think I was like in junior high or high school. My dad, there was a phone call in the middle of the night. And my dad got it. And mm-hmm. someone told him that Joe Planbeck, which is what I went by for many, many years, but also my, my dad's brother's name, but that Joe Planbeck had been in a car accident and was dead. 
And my dad came and like looked in the room because I my room was right next door to theirs and saw that I was there and just like chalked it up to like being like a prank phone call. Mm-hmm. But like when I brought it up to him, he is like, I don't remember this. And you would think that would be the sort of thing that stands out in your head, right? Someone yeah. prank calling or getting a call in the middle of the night telling you your like son had died. And yeah. like I was right there. <laughs> it's so weird though, because they don't remember it, but I I do remember it. Like, I remember my dad telling me this story. Mm-hmm. It's like, did I make that shit up? I don't fucking know. But like, when I brought it up to them not too long ago, and I remember it, and my dad, they're like, no, neither one of them remembers it. So wow. Who's the crazy one? Weird. Mandela Ooh. effect. It's the Mandela effect, for sure. That was your point of divergence from the oh universe. Oh my God, you, it was. You, you were supposed to be die. in. You were supposed to be in, and now you're in an alternate reality. Oh my God, here with you. It's where I want to be. Yeah, weird. Hearing about his video also reminds me, this week I, I heard about this movie called Skinamarink, which is not Skidamarink, like the Skidamarink a dinky dink, but mm-hmm. spelled similarly just with an N instead of a D. Mm-hmm. Skinamarink. And I had read about it, and it said it's like, it, someone said it gave them paranormal activity only like as if David Lynch had wrote and directed it sort of mm. vibes and i was like mm-hmm. oh fuck yeah and then in front of the podcast nico hit me up and said oh my god have you watched skin Marink? and i said oh my god no is that available sure enough it's on my little secret site i go and i watch it it is the most boring movie i've ever watched in my entire life oh no but like done well like that's the thing like there were s- very specific choices made and how the film was done they were very creative and cool but i was bored out of my fucking gourd i feel it's very divisive like when you read on like letterbox some people are like this left me you know reduced to a pile of tears covering my head like some people are just like so fucking blown away by this movie and Mm -hmm. i was just like fuck me one of those, huh? One of those, but I'm curious if anyone else has seen it and what you think, because I'm not a fan, but I appreciate it. Unlike that other movie I watched recently, that like found footage movie, where it was like the two kids and their parents like disappear. It was another movie that I read a good review, or Joe, my husband, read a review in the New York Times about, and I watched it and I fucking hated it. Mm-hmm. This, I hated it in a different way because I was bored. The other one was just bad. Sure. But bored. Bored. so bored oh no well thanks for writing in brett and now i'm just curious now i'm just intrigued mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing to be okay no but if this not is like the beginning of a screenplay of yours and you're farming for ideas <laughs> we want story credit that's right now we do have one more telegram, but i think let's talk about other things and we'll read that right before we go into our movie cool okay so now that i talked about something i watched what did you watch this week Okay. Of note, a couple of things. Uh, Both are new watches. So over the Thanksgiving uh, holiday, uh, we went down to the farm to visit my in-laws, my wife's family's farm. Uh, But my family came too. Oh. And so, yep, my parents and my brother Bert, Bert, the podcast Bert, came with. So a couple of the nights we stayed with my family at the hotel 
you know, in town nearby. Uh, and one night since, you know, those holiday ends, you're limited as what you're going to get to watch on TV. But the, uh, the one night my brother and I stayed up just watching one of the HBO channels, because that was the only thing with anything interesting on. So it was just, you know, movies all night, but we had watched uh, Godzilla, the 2014, uh, which is still tremendous fun. But after that was a movie called Slice. Did you hear about this thing or see it? It's got Chance the Rapper in it. Uh, is it like a slasher movie? Sort of. It's a lot of things. Okay. Like I, I went on Letterboxd and it's divisive. People either think it was like fun or they're like, this is the worst movie ever. Um I feel like it was by design supposed to be like intentionally bad. Like they were making a midnight like B movie, but cause it's got like, oh, yeah, like about pizza. Some about yeah, pizza. It's about pizza delivery boys. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Spoilers guys. It's pizza delivery boys. There's a series of murders going on, but they did a ton of world building. Cause it's in this world where like ghosts just exist. Oh, weird. Uh, and, and they're like quarantined to their, there's ghost town. All the ghosts have to live in this certain part of the city. Uh, so the murders keep happening in ghost town. Uh, Chance the Rapper is just a werewolf. Like, oh, <laughs> and it's just nonchalantly like, by the way, he's a werewolf. And like, there's all kinds of like, and there's witches, there's all sorts of creatures just in this world. Um, it's really a comedy at its core, but with all these horror elements. But like I said, on Letterboxd, people either really loathed it uh, or thought it was funny. We had a fun time with it. So I was like, this was a great thing to be watching at like midnight, you know, just staying up. Yeah, so that sounds I, fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun enough. Um, and the other thing of note I saw was just the other night. I've never actually watched it all the way through. This is my first time. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. Mm. Which, of course, the infamous Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. The memed about movie. Uh, you know, I'd seen the memes. Garbage the cl- day. Garbage day. Garbage day. <laughs> I've seen the clips. Uh, but watching the whole thing, man, it is a wildly bad movie. Um, it barely feels like a complete movie because famously, like 40 minutes of its like 80 something minute runtime is just footage from the first Silent Night, Deadly Night, like redone as like, and here's the story of what happened. Cause the, the killer of part two is the younger brother of the killer from part one, where he's like, here's my brother's story. And then I also went crazy and went on a murder spree. And that's like really the only interesting parts in this because the acting is so like, what the hell were they thinking or trying to do? Like it's Ed Wood plan nine from outer space, like bad and ridiculous. So that's where any enjoyment of this movie comes from is how funny and weird the performance of the lead killer Rick playing Ricky is other than that. I was like, wow. And definitely a sequel. I can only recommend if you've never seen the first one, watch this. Cause it's like seeing two movies at the same I time. I was just going to ask if you haven't seen the first one, should you just watch this one to get all of it? All the I, I would say so, because being somebody that's seen the first one like multiple times over, it was a chore to sit through this because I'm like, if I wanted to watch the first movie, I would have watched the first movie. Why did they do this with the second one? But there you go. Yeah, it's something that I wish, given how Terrifier 2 was, it would have been fun for them to do a sort of old-timey recap in the beginning of the first one not mm-hmm. that it was extremely important but there are definitely things if you've never seen part one you're like i don't know who this person is or like understand they, what's they happening get into yeah. a little bit in it but yeah barely. like sure. it just would have been fun to have one of those old-timey recaps in the beginning like yeah. a two-minute recap mind you yeah not like 40 minutes yeah not 40 minutes so not yeah. half your freaking movie <laughs> yeah 
Uh, and did you ever watch is part three better watch out? Yes. And did I've you seen end up watching that. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, yeah. First, I think we talked about it. Yeah, I've seen one through four now. OK, um, three, I thought was pretty bad. Uh-huh. Like for something that should be it's got Bill Mosley with like his I brain know. hanging out like it should be better. <laughs> but it's a it's a very boring movie. Three. So That's boring. the problem. Uh, and four is a lot of fun. OK, so but I haven't watched. I've heard five is also like I know four and five are where they kind of pick back up. Um, and four and five also have like no continuity to the rest of the movies because, uh, you know, uh, one sets it up two is like, oh, it's the younger brother of the killer. And three, Bill Mosley is playing the character Ricky from part two, who has now like woken up from a coma and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But after that, they just stop having any other than in four there was like there's this weird bit where clint howard my man clint howard <laughs> plays this weird character that's also named ricky so it might oh that's weird supposed to be the same character but there's like no continuity it just doesn't make huh. any sense so yeah now the other day i heard about this movie that i've never heard about before all american massacre by tony yeah. hooper Yes. It like never came out, right? Never released. It the little clips I saw looked pretty bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it it it's a movie that like it's taken on a legendary status of course because it's Tony Hooper, Toby Hooper's son, who was trying to do a direct continuation of Texas Chainsaw Part 2. Um Bill Mosley was involved reprising the role of Chop Top because they were going to do this thing where it was supposed to be uh i guess the plot was supposed to be that chop top was arrested and is in custody and he would be telling like uh the police you know his confession essentially of all the crimes he had committed with the family and then it would be like flashbacks showing like the life story of the uh the sawyer family um okay but the footage that exists too because people talk about it like they actually shot the movie they did not that was like test footage that's why it's Ah, bad like all this was a it was a proof of concept that they were trying to get made but there was like rights issues that happened so it didn't happen okay yeah interesting because i've seen some of that footage too and i'm like this is real rough like i don't know why people want to see this like fans out there want to track this down because it is not like professional look i mean it was made by professionals but again it's just a uh like a test to try and get they were trying to get uh producers interested now jeremy the other thing i watched this week was chucky season two and you still haven't watched season one i still haven't watched season one well season two is beyond fucking good like i thought season one was like fine and fun but -hmm. like season two is like impeccable it is so good there's like a couple episodes that are just absolutely stunning i cried like two or three times like it was just so good and i'm so glad that the main actor doesn't make his stupid weird faces anymore and it's just it is i just can't even believe how good it's gotten because so many shows have a second season that sort of go downhill Mm-hmm. like is often the case and it just like i don't know what happened that they were just like we're gonna make this even better and it was and i love that they like switched locations like it's not i think that always helps with a show that so you don't don't get stuck in the same thing like desperate housewives like the first season was so fucking good and then i maybe the second season but then it just got worse and worse because you're just hanging out in the same like subdivision yeah like 
I just think it's fun for something to travel or to mm-hmm. at least not get stuck in its same ruts or grooves. World build. It up. World build. Yeah. That's what we do. We may be in the same place all the time, but TV doesn't need to. Okay. No, not at all. But Jeremy, I cannot recommend it enough. One yeah. of my all-time favorite characters is a new character in this, and you will love her. I love her. I've been meaning to, uh, I, I think it's all on Peacock. Okay, so it might be. That sounds I need, right. I need to binge it. It's, it's, yeah, I need to make some time. Hopefully with the holidays coming up, with some yeah. vacation time, I'll be able to watch it all. And on the ongoing conversation of ours about public domain things, did you hear about the new one this week? <laughs> uh, I think it's new this week. It may have been announced previously, but I don't remember. Is that the the mean one? No, but I oh. want to talk about that too. But yep. Bambi the Reckoning. Ooh, I missed that. <laughs> I wish I would have. Sounds god awful. Like, come on, like a killer, like deer. That just sounds so bad. But oh, I'm out. But yes, the mean one is so exciting because I didn't. I've been seeing stuff for it, but I didn't realize who he was. Yeah, I didn't know it was Art. The clown. Art the clown is the Grinch. Or the mean one. Speaking yeah, of, I mean, it's not public domain. It so. is not. But I wonder how do they get away with that? Like they hang have- in theaters. I think they are playing up the work of parody enough because that's protected. Works of parody are protected from copyright law. Yes, so yes. If you're explicit that it is a spoof, a parody, you're satirizing yes. something, then that's how South Park gets away with everything they do. So um, I think that is uh, how they're doing it. But because it's Newville instead of Whoville, he's uh-huh. the mean one instead of them saying the Grinch. So. I think that's how they're doing it. And he looks different enough from the actual, you know, the character design we know. Just barely, but I think it's just enough to skirt around the uh uh any uh lawsuits. It's interesting though, because we're doing the show called Who's Holiday, which is like Cindy Lou Who all grown up and like living in a trailer park, chain smoking, shit like that. Like she's mm-hmm. like a bitter old old lady. Not old. I mean, she's like whatever in her 30s or whatever. But When they did it, she's so old. Oh my God, like a nightmare on Elm Street when Nancy's like, oh my God, I look 20 years old. And it's like, fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) A, you are 20 years old because that's Mm -hmm. like how she was like 21 or something. But also, it's just like, wow. Uh, Okay. Um, (laughs) But when they did Whose Holiday, the original one in New York, they had legal battles with like the Seuss company or whatever because of Mm -hmm. it. But they don't. It is like a parody, but they don't change up anything with it. Like she is Cindy Lou Who. I but I think that they do like skirt around it. Like I don't know that she I don't think she ever says like the Grinch or whatever. Mm. But I feel like she says Cindy Lou Who. I'm gonna have to pay closer attention now that I'm thinking of it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I know they ran into big legal issues. So I'm sure this one has dealt with it and gotten through it in whatever way. Cause that show was able to go on and now be produced by other companies. So sure. Maybe now that like one thing went through it with them, other people are like, okay. And it's a very mm-hmm. inventive idea. I mean, the Grinch is already someone that's like a a villain of sorts. I've never seen the Jim Carrey the Grinch, which everyone is like, mm. How could you not have seen that? And I'm like, I just didn't think it was gonna be any good. And everyone says it's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you like I, it? I'm a fan, but it also came out when I was a kid. So I think I was the oh, target, you up. know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's that's what I was going to say. You may have been slightly older than the target audience at the time it was coming. I, guess. Out, but no, I was like a young teenager. So 
And Mark Patton from Nightmare on Elm Street 2 posted this thing, um, the people who did Never Hike Alone, that Friday the 13th fan film, Mm -hmm. did a fan film called Dylan's New Nightmare with Miko Hughes. Yeah, Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. That's interesting. And I'm definitely intrigued to see if that would be any good. For sure. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, Did you have any other news or views? Uh... No, other than I've been hearing a lot of uh, uh, stuff about this uh, new flick, Christmas horror flick that's coming out, Christmas Bloody Christmas. Yes. that's uh, It's the guy that did uh, VFW, from what I understand. Oh, and, which was yeah. good. So, yeah, I'm interested to see it. Yeah, I keep getting it confused with Violent Night with, yeah. what's his name, Hopper. With David Harbour. Oh, yep. my God. Fuck, he's so hot. He's so fucking beautiful yeah and i want i want to see that movie so there's like fan like fan art like dirty fan art of him like like drawings of him like having sex and stuff oh <laughs> I wow i have heard about it i've never yeah, looked at allegedly it allegedly heard about allegedly it, so. it's out there yeah david harbour <laughs> has had what an what an amazing uh career trajectory for you know because he's been in he's been at it for a minute Uh, But until Stranger Things, you know, he was just kind of a weird character actor. Like he had a lot of supporting roles, usually bad guys or like slimy corporate types. Like that's what I remember seeing him as. And then Stranger Things happened. And now he's like, oh, he he's the leading man. He can do it. So give him these uh, still, you know, quirky and strange stuff. But. Uh, he can carry a movie, so and like the ultimate dad bod, like that's what I. Yeah, I feel like, like he's like the ultimate dad and the ultimate dad bod. Like his body is, I would kill for that body, but he's not like some skinny dude. Mm-hmm. He is thick with two C's, maybe three C's. Okay, yeah, yeah, and I feel like Stranger Things and him without his shirt on isn't that like where dad bod started as oh like God. a thing on the Probably. internet? Was like it was usually pictures of him. Like this oh is God. the definition of dad bod. So uh. yeah. Yes, I love that so much. Well, if you have nothing else to share, I'm going to go into our final telegram. Do it. Which this is, this is a compilation of a few different messages sent from new elite friend of the podcast, Lauren. Mm -hmm. So Lauren writes, my husband and I did a double feature of Barbarian and Smile last night. I know Smile wasn't your jam, meaning me, because it wasn't my jam. I also felt it was The Ring, It Follows Babadook with a hint of Final Destination, but we enjoyed both. In retrospect, both movies are focused on trauma. I especially loved how Sosi, Soshi, what did we decide her name? How Soshi? Sosi? Sosi. Sosi? Yeah, I think. Sosi, okay. Sosi Bacon's face was unapologetically real in her scenes. She never once tried to look pretty. She scowled and grimaced and chose to do the faces we make when no one is looking. Uber resting bitch face. I loved how she shoved food in her face while sitting alone in a car. Oh, and I've got a lot of paranormal experiences to share. The ghost at our previous house was a kleptomaniac and liked to play with our kids' toys. It's unclear if the one at our current house is the same ghost or a different ghost, but now we mostly deal with thumbs, bumps, and the occasional thrown object. So, yes, I am all caught up on episodes. It's bittersweet, but it was a fun ride. The Thanksgiving episode got me through my Friday holiday shift at work, but now I have to find other voices to listen to until the next episode drops but hey i apparently earned the coveted title of efop so it's all good 
And then Lauren sent me a video all about timeout dolls, which are the creepy dolls I talked about before mm-hmm. that don't have faces. Yeah. And it's an amazing video. And in it, she talks about how popular they are at car shows. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's right. That's what you said. You saw them at car shows. <laughs> yeah, as a that's kid. where I saw them. So, what yeah. she said, and I don't know why, but they're popular car shows. But apparently, they're. They're called timeout dolls, which creeps me out even more because they apparently they're like used to put in corners. Sometimes people use them to say like, that's where you're going to go if you're in timeout, like Mm -hmm. to like warn kids. But like she also mentions in this video that like there have been times where like cops were called because a child was like abandoned (laughs) and it's just a doll. Oh my god, which is hilarious. And then she got me thinking I kind of wanted one, quite honestly, as creepy as they are. Like uh-huh. so I went on like eBay and Etsy, and there are some like really bad ones, but then there are some like really creepy ones that look like like little kids. But those yeah. ones are really expensive. But it is just fascinating. And then there's like some stories in there of people who like like this one girl was like house sitting and like the house was full of them. And one night in the middle of the night, she tried to turn on the light and like all of the dolls were just in her room. And I'm like, I don't buy it. No. Uh, don't buy they're that. They're so fucking creepy. And I, I wish that they were she talks about how like they also look like they're like playing hide and go seek. And like I can get behind that. They should be called like hide and go seek dolls. Which mm-hmm. doesn't have the same rhyme as timeout dolls, but they're so fucking creepy. And you should watch this video. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That it also reminds me uh, uh, from my own childhood. Uh, there are dolls and statues. Like sometimes they're like little wooden dolls, sometimes they're statues, but tr- they're traditional Norwegian trolls. Oh. Uh, and when I was growing up, some friends of our family, uh, they were of, you know, Scandinavian descent. So they had those as decorations in their house, these little statues of traditional. So look it up, look up traditional Norwegian troll statues, and they are very creepy looking. They look sort of childlike, but they have like big noses and they're very, you know, uh, uh, disproportioned and weird looking. They, uh, they almost look like trolls, like like the trolls we know and love, but creepy. Yeah, that, like that's what those little toys are based off is of okay. the off but of like these the things. Version. Yeah, but made cute. These are like you know, these are based on what trolls are supposed to be from Norwegian and Swedish like folklore from centuries ago. So they are creepy. They always creeped me out. I hated looking at them when we would go over to our. Uh, yeah. friend's house. But um, ever since though, I think back on them and I'm like, I kind of want one. Uh, and I've, I've always been looking for them at like antique stores and stuff like, uh, but I, I've never seen any like for real ones pop up into my uh, searches, but I'm always on the, out, the, the lookout for them at like flea markets and antique stores. Heck yeah. Those are so and like the creepier, the better, right? Yeah. So like some of them are like naked people, like really weird, <laughs> you know, they're disproportioned and like deformed looking at they're strange. Oh my God. I love them. They are so creepy. Look it up people. They are eerie and mm-hmm. gross mm-hmm. and amazing. Yes. So, <sighs> well, this week we did something we I don't know that we've done it quite like this before, but friend of the podcast Lauren suggested we do or asked about a movie neither one of us had seen before, and that's what we did this week, which you already know because you clicked on this episode. You clicked on it, so yeah, we had a little uh, tiny terror for you. 
Yep, because and it's probably as long as another episode because we had a lot to talk about. Yeah, but we, did. we didn't have time to watch two movies and record twice, so we watched yep. one and recorded once. <laughs> yep, and that's it. And that was The Voices. Yeah, as directed by Marjane Satrapi. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, the tagline is "Hearing voices can be murder." And the description is a mentally unhinged factory worker must decide whether to listen to his talking cat and become a killer or follow his dog's advice to keep striving for normalcy. <laughs> That's a great description. That's pretty much it. Yeah, it really is. So, I mean, first things first, Ryan Reynolds is yeah, good. Yeah. Like he is just so good. And like what works so well here is he's so charming that like, cause if he wasn't, I don't think this movie I, it just it wouldn't have been able to be made like you have to like love him and care for him in order to get into the movie at all i feel yeah absolutely i know ryan reynolds is so often just typecast for his like funny action guy stuff like that's you know he can do that but he does have a lot of range like there oh, yeah. are so many moments in this movie alone where i'm like oh yeah he can carry like emotional weight he can get there it's you know and it's and it's authentic and believable is he in Lars and the Real Girl, or is that the other one? No, that's Gosling. That's Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I've never watched that, but I like that movie, Lars okay. and the Real Girl. It's it's strange. Ryan it seems Gosling, similar to this. Yeah, Ryan Gosling has slightly less range, but I feel <laughs> he is very effective when he's cast properly. Yeah. So I will defend Ryan Gosling. I know a lot of people are like he's bland and boring, but I'm like, no, oh. he just I think he's miscast a lot just because he's a good looking guy and a big name. But when he's cast properly, he's also a very effective actor. No, I would agree with that. But I think, yeah, Ryan Reynolds, I think, is like the shit. I think he's more versatile than he gets credit for. Yeah. And I also really love Anna Kendrick. And I think she's so good in this movie. She yeah. plays so well and like. She has one scene in particular where the emotions that she is feeling like just you just feel them in your bones. Like she's so mm -hmm. good. She is because she's a stage actress. And not to say like stage actresses are automatically be great in film because sometimes they're horrible because they are grown up on the stage and therefore very big. But I feel she's at a very good transition to film, mm -hmm. starting with like camp back in like the early 2000s, which she, that was the first time I ever heard her. The first time I ever heard the ladies who lunch from company. But like she was so good in that movie and just a tiny little part. But she is an um, she's amazing, and I think she's so good in this film. Yeah, and I liked uh, that. There, there seemed to be a time period, uh, I guess, as she was blowing up, where she was doing weird movies like this, uh, just as frequently as she was doing more mainstream stuff. Uh, you know, now she's like mega famous, so I think she's you know got her certain track she's on. But I liked that for a long time she seemed to be doing quirky stuff like this as much as she could. I've never seen Up in the Air. Did you see that movie? Because she's she was nominated for an Oscar, I think, for that. No, yeah, I haven't seen. You know what one. I'm talking about, though, with George yeah. Clooney. I remember that one. Yeah, which sounds good. I want to watch it, especially like she's supposed to be just. I mean, of course, fantastic in it, but mm -hmm. but yeah, I didn't. In this film, okay, sorry. The other person I loved in this film was Jackie Weaver. Fucking love her. Have you ever seen Animal Kingdom? Is that what it's called? No, you know no. what I'm talking about, though. It's also like a TV show. Yeah. Oh my God, the movie is so good. And not the sort of thing I normally like, like that I would get into. I Joe must have convinced me to watch it or something mm -hmm. because I don't know why I would have ever watched it. It's like Guy Pierce, and she is 
So fucking good in it. You've got to check that out sometime. It's like a crime sort of thriller from wherever, Australia or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. But she's so good as a psychiatrist. I really liked her a lot too. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I th- When I watched this movie though, I thought about our good friend, friend of the podcast, Elite, Tess Hannah, mm. and what she says about you know mental health and the movies. Mm-hmm. And I just wondered with this movie if it just feeds too much up into that, like, the psychoanalyst of schizophrenia and how it makes you a killer. Yeah. Yeah, I did. You know? I did feel like it did hinge close to that. I felt like it was sort of, uh, I would say, partially successful in just a character study, though, of this individual. Like, I could definitely see the argument that it feeds into negative stereotypes uh definitely about uh schizophrenia and uh things like that um and i thought about uh on sort of a i guess a parallel track too i thought about friend of the podcast teacher drew uh in when he talks about certain movies feeling like they're a first draft Mm. like that that was my issue i felt like this movie had some good ideas didn't quite get there with some others or tactfully handle them as if maybe if they rewrote this a few more times, they might be able to have gotten there. Like, I feel like it was trying to say something or wanted to say something, but it never quite stuck the landing because it would uh, get too far off into the weeds with some dark humor or some horror element where it could have like, man, if they reined it back in Uh, and if it was a little shorter, I feel like it was a little long for the story they were telling uh but yeah that's where i was at i was like this feels kind of like a first draft of an idea yeah i could definitely feel that like because the tone is a little all over the place which i don't hate i'm not like i liked that i could be like oh my god he's so sweet and charming and then i could be like oh my god like that's frightening or whatever like i like that i could have a little bit of all of that um and it's like a little bit of like a romantic comedy and then it's like also like a serial killer movie (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i can get into that but it did I could also feel exactly what you're talking about. Like, like maybe it could have gotten there eventually, but it definitely is unique. And as I was saying earlier, I'm glad I didn't forget. This was on the blacklist for many years. Mm. And I listened to an interview and Ryan Reynolds talked about how he's been in like three or four blacklist movies. Now he's like, I guess I like have like a way with them. Yeah. So, um, and I could see that I could see someone reading this script to be like, no. And I think that the way to make it is to make the tone a little bit more amusing and uplifting as opposed to dark and dreary and depressing. Cause it's not that movie, but it's like, if you're watching it, expecting just a comedy, you're also going to be a little bit, I don't know if let down is the right word, but that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like completely. It can be, but not just Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I like how slight spoilers, but not really. Um, I like that early on, he's like making the fish's voice and you see him making the fish's voice when he's at like the Chinese restaurant. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of before you know everything going on with him. And also, mm-hmm. I did not know that he did all the voices until after I watched it. Oh, 
<laughs> Which I guess I should have figured that out. I've, that's my my thing, though. I don't know everything as one person until afterwards. It was that yeah. way with Pearl. I mean, with X, it was that no. way with men. men. Like, I yeah. just don't put that together. You're just too engrossed by the story, which I, I think <laughs> I should always be a compliment to the filmmakers. Because you're guess. just you're so taken with the world, you don't even think about <laughs> who is that? How are they doing that? And the other thing that I loved was the juxtaposition of the world he saw he lived in and the world as it actually was. And I thought that the way they portrayed that was so effective because it never was like over hitting you over the head with it. You had to sort of be paying attention to mm-hmm. like notice when he's in his happy place or whatever, that everything looked clean. He had cleaned up after himself and everything, but then it would turn around and you'd see it from someone else's point of view. And there's just blood everywhere and feces. And yeah. And that was so effective to me. I loved that. Yeah. My only issue was when they showed up to like his apartment and it's like the old bowling alley or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wish when he showed up, like all the lights were on and stuff. And I was hoping at the end, whenever, when all the cops were there, that wouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. But I think it was the case. I yeah. think, it was all still lit up. But I like the idea that in his head, he's in this cool looking bowling alley that's all decapitated now or whatever, but he's fixed it up, whatever. I just want that to be one extra element of it. And it wasn't. Yeah. But that was very effective. And it, it yeah, it, it, and that's a big component of it too, is the world as he wants it to be, or as he sees it, you're like, okay, I can go there with him because this is much better than the world that he's actually living in, so. And in this world, everyone can pick a lock. Two people do it. Yeah. (laughs) Just real easily. They're just like, oh, I can pick this. I'm like, I would only be like, can I pick this lock if like, I don't know. I I, I just was surprised everyone could just do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like they took a class at their work. And I could have done without like the two guys who end up coming and sort of finding everything out and calling the cops and then they leave. Like, yeah. Like, I, that time in between seemed so strange to me at the end. Yep. Um, but and I could have co- done without those guys. And the cops just show up and surround the place. Yeah. Yeah, it, like immediately, which also I thought was a little bit like, it feels like something's missing from there because they would come vet the information they got first. They wouldn't just show up as a, like, you know, uh, like a paramilitary unit ready to strike. Like, they would send somebody over to check it out first, but... And I did love there's some decapitated heads in this, and I loved how they looked, and especially mm-hmm. when they spoke. I just thought mm-hmm. it had such a cool look. Like I just think stylistically, this movie is great, and the ending credits so cool. Yeah, yeah, that was like, that was fun, so, and it gave Anna Kendrick a chance to sing. Mm-hmm. But I would have rather spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. I would have rather one of the girls even the psychiatrist, whatever, but one of those three girls, I would have rather one of them have solved and figured things out and come out on top as opposed to those two guys. Random guys. Yeah. Who who are barely in the movie. Uh, Barely in the movie. Like when they showed up, I'm like, wait, what? Who? Yeah. Who Um, are these characters again? (laughs) Yeah. But I, I, I could also get, oh no, he's a serial killer. You need to have him kill these three women essentially and keep like their heads. And there's a little bit of shades of like Jeffrey Dahmer in there. Yeah. But then you would just care for him too, which I just thought was, yeah, it's a, an interesting, cho- bold choices all around, which I have to, you know, I commend. 
Mm-hmm. I commend it. Well done. Absolutely. And and yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Generally, an enjoyable flick. Not sure. <laughs> I did. Like I said, it was a little rough. It took a little bit to get going, so I'm not sure I would be revisiting this really quickly. Um, but it's definitely memorable. Yeah, it's something that if I knew someone's taste and style and they like a good horror comedy, mm-hmm. like they like a little fucked up or like a black comedy, yeah. I'd be like, oh, well, have you seen The Voices? Sure. But I think someone like Teacher Drew, I think, doesn't get into that, if I remember correctly. And yeah. I would not suggest it to him, but maybe he's already seen it. Who knows? Who knows? The effects also with the animals talking, I thought was very good. Yeah, that was fun. Like, I thought it looked good. And that cat was just so cute. The cat was so cute when it was just a cat looking at him. Yep. And the the choice of his voices for the cat and the dog, I was like, oh, and I think they work perfectly for those animals. Like, yep. it, it must have been, I'm sure it had to have been a kind of like, okay, look at this animal. What do you think the voice is going to be? <laughs> yeah, it would have been fun to hear some of the alternate versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Good times. Mm-hmm. Anything else to say? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, out of five decapitated heads in a refrigerator, how many do you give the voices? I give the voices three. That's exactly what I'm going to give it, Jeremy. Oh, we spent too much time I know, together. We, we do. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're the voice in each other's heads. <laughs> so it's still a solid. Scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yeah, so thanks, Lauren. Thank you for the recommendation, new friend of the podcast. Hell yeah, keep them coming. Yeah, keep them coming. Yeah, because if we have a chance, we will get them in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was fun to watch. Definitely an interesting watch, which you can't for say sure. about Skinnamarink, so. There you go. Yeah. Or Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Right. <laughs> So if you all want to write us, scaringasharing at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram, scaringasharing, slide into our DMs. We love it. Yeah, get at us. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, Jeremy, Mm -hmm. in space, no one can hear you scream. (laughs) Whoa. And I was going to say, until we meet again, guys, remember, food's a little funny at the Clown Cafe. (laughs) And keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing. That's right. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.